In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, such a joy once again to see you this day, both here in this church and those of our faithful members who are watching from home. And certainly many more are watching from home than are present because of this current pandemic, which we pray will soon dissolve away. Because I look forward to the day when we will be all back together in this church as one community, greeting one another with a holy kiss and hugging and holding one another and the love of Christ. Today's epistle reading of St. Paul to the Colossians, we precisely hear about the love that we're called to have for one another and how we're called to respect and to care and to pray for one another and to lift one another up. Let us turn today to chapter 4 of Paul's letter to the Colossians. I'll start one paragraph before today's epistle because it sets this tone for today's epistle reading. Paul writes to the Colossians, and you'll hear at the end that he asks them to share this letter with other communities. Paul says, continue, continue earnestly in prayer. Continue earnestly in prayer, a reminder to all of us that Christ calls us to pray unceasingly. He says, continue in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Not simply to say the words of prayers, but to open a book and to simply read many prayers without being very vigilant, thinking about what every word means and expressing every word before God with an open heart and an open mind so that that prayer does not only rise to God, but that that prayer transforms us. Because that's the power of prayer, is that it transforms us it's not that we get what we want, but it transforms us so that as we'll, we will hear at the end of this sermon, so that our names may be written in heaven, so that we may be accounted among the sons and daughters of the living God. And he says, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, always being grateful to God for everything that we receive. As North Americans, we're quite used to looking at all the things we don't have, or all the things we would like to have, or all the things that we think we deserve, rather than looking at the abundance of what we have been giving and being grateful to God. The fact that you and I were able to wake up this morning and to come to this church or to turn our, our internet on at home and watch this service is alone reason to give thanks to God. There are thousands in the world who did not wake up this morning. And you and I are called to be thankful in everything. And yet after that moment, we can count such a great multitude of blessings that each of us have received already this day alone let alone the tremendous abundance of blessings 
we have received throughout our life. And Paul says, meanwhile, praying also for us. Paul reminds us that we're not to pray just for ourselves, but that we are called to pray for one another. And here Paul is leading into asking the community to pray for his ministry, just as I ask you to pray for the ministry to which I've been called for in this parish. And he says, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, that God will enable your priests to preach the gospel with great power and authority and clarity, that God will give us the ability to spread the good news to not only our community, but as Paul says later, to all those whom we encounter. And that prayer is that all of us will be given the words to preach Christ, will be given the words that will lift one another up, that will be given the words that will encourage one another in the faith. And he goes on to say, walk in wisdom. And here's where today's epistle reading begins. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Paul calls us to be a witness to Christ to those who are outside the church as well. Yes, it's expected that we're a witness to one another in this community, but he calls us to be a witness to those outside as well. And he says, to those who are outside redeeming the time, another great gift that God has given to us, time. It is part of this creation. It's a gift given to each of us that we may work on our lives so that our names may be written in the book of life in the kingdom of heaven. And so this great gift of time that we have been given, Paul says, we must redeem and we must use it for good and not waste it. And he says, let your speech always be with grace. Everything that comes forth from our mouth and I would add in our thoughts, in our head. But now today I would also say from our fingers at the typewriter or at the computer, should all be done with great grace, meaning that they are life-giving words. They are words that lead to life and uplift one another and not lead to death and destruction and crushing others. But we're called to let our speech always be with grace seasoned with salt, interesting comment, seasoned with salt, meaning that our words have richness, that they have flavor, that they preserve life once again as salt does in ancient times. So seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer one another. Not always having to win the debate, not always having to be the first with the answer, not always having to exp express my desires and my will, but rather perceiving what is needful and what is helpful, what is uplifting, what brings all of us together to Christ and not away. And then he goes on and you hear the love that Paul has for the community. You hear how not only he expects that we treat one another, 
but you hear very specifically the example here in this community and with those who followed Paul and how they treat one another and how they speak so lovingly of each other. Tychus, a beloved brother, not just a brother, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. Paul certainly was above him in the order of ranks, of authority. But Paul sees him as a brother, as a co-worker, as someone whom he deeply loves and cares for and wants to do well in his ministry. He says that he will tell you all the news about me. Paul was open with those whom he was ministering to. I am sending him to you for this very purpose that he may know your circumstances. It was a conversation that went both ways. Paul was not a mind reader. Paul sent people to the community to help him understand what were the needs. To serve one another, as Christ calls us, to love and to be compassionate to one another necessitates that we pray for one another, but it also necessitates an open heart on both sides, that we open our hearts to each other and let each other know the needs of ourselves and of those whom we love. He says that I have sent him so that he knows your circumstances and comforts your heart. Seeing and hearing the needs is necessary in order to comfort the other. He says with Onesimus, faithful and beloved brother who was one of you, saying how much he loves those in that community, they will make known to you all the things that are happening here. And Paul at this moment is in prison. He was cast into prison because he continued to profess Christ and the good news of the gospel. Articus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. Even in prison, they send their love and their greetings to the brethren that they may take heart and that they may be encouraged to continue to profess the faith even though Paul and Articus had been put in prison precisely for pre preaching Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, he greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, of whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Paul expects a welcoming community that welcomes those whom they know and even those whom they do not know. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision, meaning who are Jews. But these are the Jewish co-workers with Paul, and he may had many who were not Jewish. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Paul, in prison and suffering for preaching Christ, was comforted for those who had the boldness and the courage to visit him and pray for him and be with him and not cast him away. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers, not simple prayers, but li literally laboring, working at these prayers, 
that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Notice the prayers are not just that I am saved, not just that I do well, but that all of us do well before God, that all of us have our names written in the book of heaven, the book of life in the kingdom of heaven. In many ways we stand or we fall as a community together. We come before that great judgment seat. How we treat one another matters when Christ offers us eternal life. And he goes on to say, Luke, the beloved physician whom we celebrate this day. Today is the names day of Luke and we certainly wish a blessed names day to all those who bear the name Luke. It says, Luke, the beloved physician, the evangelist Luke, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphus in the church that is in his house. To even greet the other parishes here in the city is what he's saying. Now when the epistle is read among you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. There was an understanding that our communities would support and help one another and be open to one another and caring for one another. St. Nicholas and St. Mary's are our sister parishes whom we should love and care for and help them succeed in their ministry and uplift them as well, not just ourselves. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. And Paul goes on to write that this letter is written by his own hand, meaning that it wasn't simply one that was dictated, but rather, as he has in some others, took the time to painstakingly write this letter himself. And in the gospel, we hear why we should do all of these things. We just heard about the 70 whom Jesus had sent out to minister, and how when they came back, they were boasting and saying to Christ that we cast out many demons in your name, that even the demons were subject to us. And Christ says, yes, and I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning, meaning that, yes, you cast out the demons, and I saw them with my own eyes be cast out. And he looks at them and he says in many ways, yes, I have given you great power and authority over many things, but do not rejoice in this, but rather rejoice in the following. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is our goal. In fact, it is the only goal of this parish, is that each of our names will be written in the book of life in the kingdom of heaven. Because without our name being written in that book, we will cease to exist. Eternal life is having our name written in that book of life. Because when we're in the mind of God, this is what it means, we're in the mind of God, we exist. Because everything in God's mind is reality. 
So let us pray this day that we pray for one another, we uplift one another, we help one another, so that each of our names may be written in the book of life in the kingdom of heaven, and that we may gain eternal life together as a community. Amen. God bless you.